it's time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm Sean Harris. And to the left of me is the wizard of wealth management, the soldier of fortune. He's an authority on your assets. Jess, the iron horse Hamill. Good morning. And to my right, the captain of capital, a veritable powerhouse of prosperity, the people's champion, Jaden, the beekeeper, Newman. Dang, Sean. He nailed it on that one. You, are, you got this down. It's a different... We, we get a every different time. introduction every, every show, yeah. this guy over here. Well, I recycle some of them, but I do like to keep it fresh. And last week, you told me about the honey... Because I was having allergies real bad, and you told me that you are a beekeeper, and that stuck in my head. I think that's really cool. More like Hannah's a beekeeper, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's. I, I would say that I am. Uh, I have an agricultural use for my property, my my homestead, definitely, and it's beekeeping. Nice. I don't personally um, put the whole suit on and go out there and smoke yeah. them out, and um, but I have great people that do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thus, Jaden, the beekeeper, Newman. So, gentlemen, welcome to the airwaves. Thank you. Good morning. How's uh, Good morning. How's your week? Fantastic. Yeah? Had a great week. Awesome. I did, too. Mine was fantastic, too. It was really great weather most of the week. I think, this, like we said, I think the spring is here. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, is- I wouldn't know because I'm in the office till the start, but yeah, for the most part, I heard it was nice out. Yeah, yeah. I Well, I'm finally getting over my allergies from last week, but I can tell spring is in the air. The sun is shining. It's been a pretty nice week this past week and nice to get a little bit of sunshine. So. And South by Southwest is coming to Austin. Uh, South by Southwest is over. Over. South by Southwest has passed us by. It's passed us by. It's yeah. Oh, I'm glad I completely weekend, missed it. Right? <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. I actually went downtown for South by Southwest for the first time in almost 20 years last weekend. Oh, wow. Did you? Yeah. Had a really good time. Got home at like 3 in the morning. Okay. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm a native Austinite, but I try to avoid South by Southwest the best I can every time. I don't go anywhere near downtown if I can avoid it. Well, once every two decades is pretty good. And, it, yeah. and this time reminded me of why it's been two decades. Yeah. Yeah. It's a madhouse down there. But uh, so for those of you who may not have listened to us before, we are Noble Capital Wealth Management. We're a financial advising and income planning firm based here, obviously, in Austin, Texas the home of South by Southwest. And if you want to learn more about us, you can go to noblecapital.com. And 
If you like what you hear on this show or what you hear on past episodes, you can actually come to one of our retirement dinners. We have one coming up this coming Tuesday, March 26th at True Lux. And guess what, guys? I've got a new way for people to RSVP for our retirement dinners. If they're interested, they can just go to Noble Capital or yes, Noble Capital Radio. Dot com. That's noblecapitalradio.com. You can RSVP right there on the website. Sweet. Technology, love man. I love, wow. love trying, it. Trying to make it as easy as possible for folks. What do you, you actually know? call that, Sean? That's a subdomain, a subdomain or a we, URL? We just set up a URL. That a we, URL. Yeah. Okay, that, good. That I'm glad directs, I'm not in. <laughs> yeah, it goes directly to that page. Fantastic. So. Well done. Last week's episode was called Financial Kung Fu, and we got some really deep knowledge about the master's secret to income planning, the self-directed IRA. So if you haven't heard that episode, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. So I was actually, I was looking at my bills and everything this week and and I was kind of thinking like, "Ah, things have gotten so expensive I was kind of thinking, you know, like an inflation over the years and everything. And I remembered something that my grandfather told me when I was little. You know, he he said that when he was young, his mom could send him to a shop with a single dollar bill and he would bring back five pounds of potatoes, two pounds of bread, a bottle of milk, a piece of cheese and 10 eggs. But, you know, nowadays that's impossible because there are simply too many security cameras. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well said. But seriously, though, um, you know, I do have a quote that I'd like to share real quick to kick this off. Uh, this is a segment I'm calling Capital Contemplations. And the quote is, you must learn from the mistakes of others because you can't possibly live long enough to make them all yourself. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this episode is basically common mistakes that people make when they're planning for retirement. So the name of this episode is the Four Horsemen of the Income Apocalypse. And we're going to be talking about four archetypes of people who make these common retirement mistakes. And we've kind of touched on this a little bit before. In fact, we had an entire special episode dedicated to this first gal who we call Spend Down Sally. So Jess, you want to kick this off? Can you tell me a little bit about Spend Down Sally and and the mistakes that uh, she makes? Well, Spend Down Sally is, that's actually Jaden's... term that he created back then. I've, I've used it for quite a while, but it's a, it's, it's probably the most common mistake and it falls into the oldest, uh, kind of cut the turkey in half mentality. That's what everybody has always done in the past. You work your life, you save, 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 save. You stop working, you start spending and hope that you run out before it does. Um, there's like 500 different things wrong with that. But the main thing is, in my opinion, regardless of whether you're going to run out or not, it's that confidence and the, to be comfortable spending money in retirement because you're always concerned you're going to run out. So now you're retired. And even though you may or may not have the money, you feel like you don't. So you never get to really enjoy it to its fullest extent. Go wow. Ahead. That's heavy, Jess. <laughs> it's a uh, deep thoughts by Jess. Hey, that was good. It's funny. You said cut the turkey in half. So I keep forgetting. Not everybody knows what it, that means. Isn't that funny? <laughs> but it makes sense. So when you think about it, that 
some of our listeners, we, we've been using this term around the office because sometimes what you find in your life and in your, in your company and different areas of your life is sometimes you do things just because it's the way they've always been done. And there's a quick story about a family that always served a half turkey at Thanksgiving till finally somebody came over and asked exactly why they had a half turkey. And after they, they said, well, you know, it's because grandma used to do it. And then Gram, they asked grandma and she said, well, it's because my mom used to do it. And she did it because she had a half a size of an oven of a, of a normal oven like today. So that's all she could fit in the oven. So three generations later, they're still cutting the turkey in half. Some things just stick, don't they? I'm telling you. For for good or for ill. Don't cut the turkey in half. Yeah, no, definitely don't cut the turkey half. So spin down Sally. She accumulates and and saves. This is is the typical thinking retirement savings, right, rather than retirement income. But – you know, really just living off that savings really goes against one of our main tenets of income planning, which is lifestyle, your lifestyle and retirement. Yeah. I mean, everybody forgets about income. They think when you retire, you don't have an income anymore. So you just shift into spin down mode. It doesn't have to be that way. You can take that nest egg and turn it into income, turn it into lifetime income, turn it into income that we can adjust for inflation, income that we can tap into for emergencies or unforeseen life-changing events. There's a lot better way to do it than simply spinning it down. And then the second layer of that onion is what are you doing with it? Is it in a savings account? Well, there it's going to inflation. Is it out in the market? Well, you could have a catastrophic loss there. So, you know, is it under the under the mattress? I mean, there's so many different ways to spend down incorrectly. It's not even funny. That's good, Jess. The, when I think of spin down Sally, it's, it's, you know, it goes to the question you always hear. When you, you either are going to work for your money or you're, Money's going to work for you. Right. So what does it mean for your money to work for you if, if it's just being spent down? Yeah. I mean, that's just a fundamental principle that, that, that's been passed on half turkey style, like you said. Yeah. From the days where everybody had a, had a pension and people retired at 65 and died at 72. Yeah. So you can make that money work for you is, is what we're saying. Now, there's times when you do, do you use spend down in some of your plans? Oh, of course. So, you know. There is no plan. Well, there are a few plans out there, but most plans will involve some spin down, and that's what it's for. So there are specific reasons for that. One good example would be, say, the first two years after you retire, we put a good bit of your uh, portfolio into something that's accumulating, but those two years live off savings, so you have no income, so you can start converting that ticking time bomb of your IRA over to Roth at the lower income tax bracket. So there's all kinds of legitimate reasons for spin down, but not 100% all-encompassing. Yeah, so again, that's just the wrong way to think. Don't be like spend down Sally and cut the turkey in half. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss the three remaining horsemen of the income apocalypse so you know what mistakes to avoid when planning your retirement strategy. Hang around, folks. We'll be right back. Talk 1370. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back. We've been discussing the four horsemen of the income apocalypse, so you can learn to avoid common retirement planning pitfalls. So in the last segment, we talked about probably one of the more common archetypes of, of somebody planning for retirement. This gal, spend down Sally, 
she just saves her money during her working years and then has a nest egg and just spends it down during retirement and and hope that uh, the money outlasts her. So we've kind of talked about that a little bit and we actually have a whole episode dedicated to Spend Down Sally. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and you can listen to Spend Down Sally. So I encourage you folks out there to check it out. The second horseman of the income apocalypse, I'm calling Big Budget Bill. Now, this guy has always lived beyond his means, spent more money than he could really afford to spend, hasn't saved much, just kind of short-sighted. You guys see people like this pretty often? About often. Um, hopefully, we've uh, by the time they get to my table, they're not in that position. But yeah, we, we see them. There's nothing yeah. worse than a... Somebody that's retired for a year or two, and they've got five hundred thousand in the bank, and they're spending one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and have no plan whatsoever, and and, and they really don't even realize just how close to the the edge they are. Yeah, so, I mean, what can be done for somebody like this? I mean, obviously, the the easy thing to say would be, well, stop spending so much money, right? But that's not always uh, quite so clean cut. You know, a lot of people have a huge mortgage or maybe they have an expensive car. So how do you kind of help to redirect somebody like this? And, and what can you do for a big budget bill? It's not easy. And in, in, in the situations that are extreme that we're talking about here, there's, there's nothing I can do. I mean, there's really two choices, continue to work or significantly scale down your budget. And most of the people that have gotten used to living at that lifestyle are not ready to scale down. They don't want to go back to work, so they stick their head in the sand and go out the door, and we never see them again. I've always wondered what happens to them, honestly. Well, you know, the the profile you guys are, are putting out there, Big Spender, um, there's, some, there, there's some folks out there that, you know, they look good and smell good, but, you know, they uh, at the end of the day, their, their finances are not in order. Whether you're in retirement doing that or you're, you're you know, Still working. running around town, mm-hmm. you know, um, just trying to chase good times, but but sometimes um, so that person is difficult to work with, Sean. And, and they usually those type of folks, unless there's a big you know one eighty pivot in their life, they're they're not gonna even com- be coming in to see a, a wealth manager like like Jess, a, a planner, retirement wealth manager. So the the idea though. I, I want to throw out there is a lot of times it's not it's not just the big spender. It could be someone where, you know, you, the misses might like to spend uh, money, and you know m- maybe they both like to spend money. Sure. Uh, but with that said, they're they're they just don't really have a plan to know how much they can spend. You know, because they might they may be looking to spend down their money, which is which is okay. That's a different profile. But I think that it could it could also be the family that's spending you know the money. You see some some uh, families where you have someone that's dependent, uh, still uh, adult children, thirty year old living in the basement, well, basically forty five year old still on the payroll. That's yeah, I yeah. see that a lot. Or, or or somebody's falling on hard times in the family, so they're they're kind of picking at the at the nest egg of you know of of, of you the retiree, and that's that's not a good place to be. So. No matter what, you've got to you've got to get make you got to make a plan and you got to put some guidelines in in place to make sure that you don't put yourself in a in a bad position if this is you. And that brings up a good point because we do have uncomfortable conversations in there at times, and I've had to 
show clients on paper, you've really got two choices. You've got to, you've got to let this 40-year-old stand on his own two feet, or you're going to need to die about 10 years earlier than you're wanting to because there's only so much money to go around. Well, yeah. you're no good to – if I mean, if you're not healthy and taking care of yourself, what good are you going to be to your family? I mean, yeah. that that's really the bottom line. But, you know, part of this is it, it's okay to spend – What I mean, you have clients that come in that have got a nice nest egg built up, and they actually want to spend it down – they're not interested in just leaving it all to their their kids. They'll they'll leave them whatever's left, but they actually want to be big spender bill. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with big spender bill as long as big spender bill's got some pockets that got the uh, the cash in it. I think what Sean's referring to is people that are living so far beyond their means that they're just you know they're they're doomed. But I I love I love when people come in and want to spend a lot of money because it's fun to take that portfolio and show them you can still keep living at this lifestyle and and you're going to be okay. That's good. Yeah, and I was going to say my original thought is that, you know, the part of this is kind of ingrained into our culture. You know, it's it's sort of a consumerist culture where we a lot of times people grow up thinking, you know, I I got to have this new thing or I got to have this new thing and we're so compelled by that argument that if we have the money to do it, we'll go out and spend that money on it, whether we can really afford it or not. But You, you want to know what's a really strange phenomenon that I see over and over and over? What's that? The people that have the money to be able to do it don't. The That's ones, why they the have ones, the money to do it. The ones that don't it. are the ones they do. They say, they say <laughs> rich people are rich because they live like poor people, and poor people are poor because they live like rich people. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to take. The, the most fun dynamic I see is when a husband and wife come in, the guy's been making plenty of money. They've got a great portfolio, and he's he, he likes the toys, and he likes having fun, and the wife is just, like, upset. We're going to run out of money. You spend too much money. Nag, nag, nag. It causes all kinds of uh, tension between the two of them. And when I put it out on the plan to where she realizes that they could continue to live at that lifestyle, then all of a sudden I've, I've, I've helped a relationship. I'm more of a, a, a therapist than I am a financial planner. Sure. And, you know, there is one other component to this, the big budget bill. It's age, you know, so somebody who is a big spender, maybe at 40, doesn't really have a problem. But by the time they get really close to retirement, if they're still living that way beyond their means, that's a completely different person, isn't it? Right. It's a completely different argument. Yeah. And a lot of those people we can help. We can help them make it better. But uh, it's, a, it's a two by four between the eyes. Look, man, you got you to gotta look at what's going on here and do something or you're going to run out. That's good. Yeah, I've, it, it's just something you see in also situations that are even even sadder, you know, a, a widow situation or a widower uh, or someone that's just inherited some money. The the spend downs, they're coming to see us because, uh, excuse me, the um, it could be spend down but also big spender mm-hmm. when the, those two are happening together, right? Yeah. And it's like, whoa. I mean, you're a cross between spend down Sally and big, <laughs> big budget bill, big budget bill. That's scary. Yeah. And, you know, being a big spender is not necessarily a bad thing. And ultimately, that's we kind of want to achieve some level of that for our clients when they get to retirement. Right. Because, again, we're talking about the lifestyle component of this. There, there's plenty of clients that I encourage to spend more money that it freaks them out. They're not used to their advisor telling them that. Yeah, absolutely. So the idea is, you know, work hard and, and maybe be a little bit more conservative during those those younger years so that you can assure that you you have that budget to spend when you do get to retirement age, right? Yeah. Well, the truth is a lot of our clients, 
that, that we've got to know over the years, they, they aren't going to spend it. If they haven't spent it by now, they're, they're probably not going to spend it. So yeah. there's going to be tremendous wealth that passes to the next generation. And that, that opens up a whole nother conversation. Sure. You know, which we, we definitely like to talk about longer term and generational planning, estate legacy planning. But, um, it, it is, we see them all over the spectrum there. But anyway, good, that's a great name, Sean, you, you got here for this guy. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing is it's really about having that plan. And I think the person who is the, the big spender maybe has a lack of foresight about their retirement income and about their future and is just kind of living for the now, right? And they don't, they just don't have a plan, period. Is, is that what you see typically? Yeah, I mean, it all comes back to the, the whole reason I even have a practice, the plan. Not having a plan is the, is the biggest danger. I don't care how much money you have or how much you spend. If you don't have a plan, you're, you're headed for disaster. Other than those weird examples where you come in and somebody's spending 100 grand a year and they've got a $50 million portfolio. I mean, they're not going to run out of money, but that doesn't describe the average higher-end, high-net-worth earner. Sure. Well, folks, if this sounds like you, maybe all you need is a plan. You know, Maybe you just need to take a broad view of your budget and your income and kind of put a little bit of thought into your future. And if that's the case, come to one of our retirement income planning dinners. We hold these every month. You can just go to noblecapitalradio.com and you can RSVP right there. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And now back to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're helping you avoid the income apocalypse so you can plan ample income for your retirement. In this episode, we have been reviewing the four horsemen of the income apocalypse. These are people who make the common retirement planning mistakes that we want you to avoid. So just to recap real quick, We've talked about spend down Sally, who just saves and has a spend down strategy, which really, that ain't no kind of strategy at all, is it? And then we had big budget Bill, who can't live within his means and can't even live within his credit. And he has no plan and he has no income saved. So the next person I want to talk about, let's call him Risky Randy. So Risky Randy... Probably not very well diversified, but has all of his or her, uh, I guess it could be a him or, or, or a her, but has all of his or her, her eggs in the same basket and probably in something more high risk like stocks. So do you see folks like this and, and what are we able to do for them? Yeah, I, I see those people coming all the time too, and and it's a it's more of a difficult case when somebody comes in and they've got a large portfolio. The vast majority of it is at, at some level of risk in the market, especially now because they've been doing good for the past ten years. They've they've forgotten about two thousand eight. They've forgotten about two thousand, um, and they think they've got it figured out. And that at that point, after a little bit of just one side of of argument, I'll just put the pin down and say, okay, why are you here? 
well, we need some help managing risk. I'm like, okay, so let's go back to the original statement here. Why are you completely in the stock market? But a lot of these people, they either were high wealth owners, but they didn't pay much attention to investment. So everything went into a 401k and now they're done. It's rolled over into an IRA. It's still in the same products. And it's like I said, it's done fairly well for the past decade and they just don't know what to do with it. They, it goes against their grain to do anything besides the stock market. They've been conditioned to to use the word stock market with uh, investment as the same word, and they don't even know where else to go. So any of the alternatives that we come up with are not going to promise them the 20% returns that their stockbrokers tell them they're going to get, and they just don't know what to do with it. That's good. And, you know, what's so ironic is when they are when they come in, it does go back to once once everything's on the page and we, we, we can look and see the level of risk that's being taken or that there's too much concentration in, in, in one position, no diversification, then it's on the table. We can, we can now call it out and say, okay, so here's where we're at. What, what do you want to do to fix this? Or why are you here? And they'll say, you know, we want income. I, I would like to talk about getting retirement income, and I would like to talk about you know figuring out how to reduce my my risk or exposure. So many times they know what what they need, but it is something where people just are 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 very hesitant to make change. Well, they're and emotional decisions, not logical decisions. It, it is, and the, the the truth is, the stock market is a great investment over time, and a lot of people made a lot of money in the market. And we're not going to tell Risky Randy to get completely out of the stock market and stick his head in the sand. That's very rare that a client will come in and get completely out of, you know, a, a risky, you know, portfolio. Mm-hmm. But it's about finding that balance. And this goes back to the whole point of the show. Does Risky Randy want us to, to, to solve and provide an income plan that's diversified and well thought through with risk management and tax strategy? Or does Risky Randy just want to continue being Risky Randy? Yeah, and I guess that defend, depends on the the individual person. You know, Jess, you brought up an interesting point. You you mentioned four hundred one ks or IRAs, and I think probably a lot of people don't really think of their retirement account as being a a high risk investment. But let's face it, it is pretty much all tied to the markets, right? And that doesn't necessarily make it high risk. It just means it's that risk. I mean, there's, there's, there's no guarantee. There's no certainty. There's no floor. It's, it's, it's all at risk. There's all kinds of levels and, and colors of risk. And a lot of times your, your money manager or your stockbroker will say, well, I've got you diversified across all these different categories in the stock market, and they're all the same category. They're all at risk. So we just want to make sure that we don't keep your income so subjected to risk. You know, we talk about risk tolerance. I break that into two categories. What is the risk tolerance for your income? And what is the risk tolerance for your investments? Because if I've got my income satisfied for the rest of my life, not just for basic needs, but for my lifestyle, I have a totally different risk tolerance for what's left over in my investment portfolio. I can take more risk because if something goes wrong, my lifestyle is not impacted at all. But if my income is at risk, if my income has a higher risk tolerance, then that what I'm saying is I'm okay with living not as large five years from now as I am now because something happened that I had no control over. And I don't know many people that are, that are happy with that. Sure. And you know, you mentioned also a little bit earlier the, that maybe their stockbroker is promising them 20% return. I got to tell you guys, if my stockbroker or if anybody said you're going to get a 20% return on this investment, I'd have to call them out. 
Because that doesn't sound realistic to yeah, me. It, it doesn't, but you'd be surprised how many people are, are making that here on, on onesies and twosies. Um, and the way the market's going right now, I mean, that's not an unrealistic short-term gain. It's the long-term stuff that I'm concerned with. And somebody came in here the other day with a, quote, retirement plan <clears throat> from an accumulation advisor. They had like $2 million. It showed them spending like $8 million till they died, and they had like 10 left over. And I'm like, this. show me how that works. And it was showing a consistent 8 to 12% return on the market. And so that's not going to happen for the rest of your life. Yeah, you just can't build your whole income plan on numbers like that. Yeah, and what they did is they used the most recent 10 years example oh, of growth yeah. in these investments. I'm like, okay, ask the them. I said, oh, it's funny. I said, ask them for the most recent 10, the best 10, and the worst 10. He said, oh, well, I've got the, the worst. I've got the best 10 here, too. And we put them side by side. It was the same 10 years. Right. So the most recent are the best 10. Yeah. And then what's the worst 10? <laughs> um, actually, I think it was like 99 to 10, somewhere around there. As yeah. far as, I mean, I'm sure go back to the Great Depression, there's worse, but as far as any kind of recent history, that's what they're using for um, tracking the, the indexes. Yeah. Are you getting 20%, Jaden? <laughs> uh, j- just in those chosen few where you luck out, really, yeah. you know, and, and that's a high risk bucket. At the end of the day, you have to, j- Jess said it perfectly, what's your risk tolerance for your investment portfolio and what's your risk to- tolerance for your income plan? Those are two completely different discussions. And the beauty of what he said is is that once you figure it out for your income plan and you dial that in to a point where you as a couple, you as a family feel stable, then you have a sense of uh, freedom and permission to go you know, take a more risk if you want to in your investment portfolio because you already know how the income is going to play out. And that's what's going to give you that that lifestyle confidence and fulfillment that that we want to deliver. Yeah, and honestly, if you're a risky Randy, you are ignoring two of the most important tenets of how we go about planning income. You know, one of them is having multiple income streams, right? Not just everything invested in one place. And the other one is diversifying those income streams. So if you're not diversifying, if you don't have multiple income streams, you've got all of your eggs in one basket, then it's going to be really difficult for you to have the confidence that you're going to have the income that you need during retirement. And without that confidence, you can't live that what? Lifestyle. That's right. And hey, I, I mean, unless you just want to ha- have some some excitement in retirement, maybe it'll be fun <laughs> to figure out, you know, just if, if there's a crash I wonder what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out. Surprises are not typically good when you're unemployed. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the fourth horseman of the income apocalypse. This one I'm calling Captain Set It and Forget It. So this is somebody who might have some sort of a retirement plan, probably a 401k or an IRA. Maybe they're counting on Social Security, but probably hasn't revisited that plan or even remembers what it what it looks like and just kind of lets it ride. What's the problem with that? That one's Jaden, you go further back than I do on that kind of stuff. What example do you have of that? Set it and forget it. Yeah. So this is gonna be old Captain Set It and Forget It. That's okay. right. <laughs> so this is the I would say that these are folks that basically um, are stuck in their ways, and and we see them. It's it's difficult to make changes when you've done things a certain way your whole life. And uh, 
one of the things that I've learned is a lot of people have good plans and they a lot of them have a lot of good details even where they have a comprehensive plan and whenever those folks approach us we we always want to sit down and learn from them and show them the respect cuz they've been they they that's where we get much of our financial wisdom is from our clients we talk True. about that yeah. learning from mistakes as well sure <laughs> so when they come you know when a client comes in and has a plan we're we're not going to go in there and try to change everything and and make a bunch of unnecessary adjustments. We we just want to talk and see if there's anything we can do better. Uh, Jess, I've I've seen we've talked many times where you know a client will come in and they'll just have one specific area they want to focus on or just a couple maybe just their non qualified accounts or just their qualified or they have something that they can roll over. You you work with those people too, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, we don't. We like to, in the end, have a, an all-inclusive plan whenever possible. But that doesn't mean that we have to create that. A lot of times people come in doing pretty well. Um, the, the main thing I explain to clients, I, I don't take on everybody as a client. And that can sometimes sound arrogant, and it's not intended to be. The first wall that I have to overcome is can I significantly improve this client's position? If there's nothing I can do to really make things better, I could probably flip an annuity or sell a life insurance policy and get a commission, but I'm not really making any difference in their portfolio, then I'm not going to spend the time on it and I'm not going to take advantage of them. Um, but there's very seldom, very seldom does somebody come in with a, an all-inclusive plan that I can't find a couple of holes in and make better. Yeah, what's okay. ironic, I was going to say, Sean, this can actually, if if set it and forget it, if if it's set up right, this can yeah. be a good thing, right? Right. Um, it's not that you you can't just necessarily forget forget it. You still right. need to come in and do your reviews and things. That's we we do at least a, an annual review with every client. You know we want them to come in for that. But but it's nice when you have a plan that that's a long term plan. You kind of have set it and forget it from a stress standpoint in, yeah. in in retirement income. Yeah, and I think really the key here is that we all know that things change over time right? The economy changes. Inflation, of course, is is always going to be looming over your head. And so it is important to kind of go back and, and look at your retirement plan from time to time. Jaden, or yeah, Jaden, you said annually, right? At and least. that's kind of what we do here. I think annual review is kind of the, the minimum. That's the commitment that I make to the clients. At, at minimum, I will meet with you once per year. At right. maximum, you know, I'm not talking about every day, but, you know, if you want to come in and sit down and talk, if something has changed or there's something we need to address, come on in. But the commitment I make is I'm here to manage this plan annually for the until the last one of us goes. Right, exactly. And, you know, we're not just talking about inflation. We're talking about new legislation. We're talking about spending habits, right? So maybe your client was committed to a certain budget and maybe they've spent more than that, or maybe they've spent less than that. And that can be a good, good thing, but that gives you the opportunity to sort of rearrange and reallocate that income in a way that can only be beneficial to them, right? The vast majority of the plan that I put together, I can tell you in some plans, 95% um, but you pick an age, I can show you exactly how much money you're going to have as income based on my plan. So if you follow the plan exactly, I can show you exactly where you're going to be till you die. But it's also structured in such a way that we can change any or all of it at any time we want to adjust for, for life. I mean, life throws curveballs at us. Sometimes uh, we can't plan for everything. Yeah. That's awesome, Jeff. That's, that's perfect. 
And again, you know, that's what we're all about here. And if you maybe don't have a plan or maybe you do have a plan, but you set it and you forgot it, then you might want to come in and talk to us because we can probably help you out. Go to noblecapitalradio.com and you can even RSVP for one of our retirement dinners. We've got one coming up this Tuesday, March 26th at Trulux. We've got a break and we will be right back in just a second. Talk 1370. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we are back. If you just tuned in, you've missed out on a really interesting episode. So you're going to have to go find us wherever you get your podcasts and download the episode, The Four Horsemen of the Income Apocalypse. So we've been talking about sort of the, the archetype of, of people who make some of the most common retirement mistakes. And there's a lot of us out there. I'm going to say us because I'm going to include me. I'm, I'm, I'm at least three of these folks here. But, uh, you know, I'm sitting here with two financial experts who have had to work through just about every scenario in the book. So let's give our listeners some real tales from the trenches. I mean, what's your most harrowing encounter with one or more of these four horsemen of the income apocalypse? I'd have to say for me, it's a big budget bill. Um, and there's, there's a recent case that comes to mind, but luckily he was young enough that we pulled him out of it. Um, this was a guy in his mid fifties, very successful. Um, I was amazed when I saw how much he makes what his budget is and how much he has in the bank. I'm going, well, there's, there's something missing here. These things don't add up. Um, but it just irresponsible spending and, and no thought for the future. But we were able to catch him soon enough that we could reel in some of the spending, redirect some of the savings, so to speak, and uh, take some of those assets and reallocate them, and, and he's going to be okay. He's going to have to work a couple of years longer than he intended to, but he gets to stay at the, at the lifestyle that he's got, and that's really the main thing. We had to either back down on the lifestyle or figure out a way to make the lifestyle work, and he chose to keep the lifestyle, and I was pretty proud of the plan. It worked out really good. Yeah, and he's probably not the only one. I'm sure there's lots of folks out there that that do the same thing. There's you know? plenty. The, the difference is, do 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 we or somebody like us get a hold of them in time to basically rescue them from you know tragedy? Yeah, and that's the the you know the other component to to the big budget bill scenario is the time component. You know, how old is this person? If you're big budget bill at 35 or 40. Well, you're probably okay because you've got plenty of time to sort of correct that behavior, those spending habits, and and redirect some of your income toward various investments. But if you're sixty year old big budget bill, you might be out of luck, right? Yeah, or not if you're healthy and don't mind working till you're eighty. Yeah, well, I mean, I plan to work till I'm eighty because I love doing the radio show and 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 I just love seeing you guys every Sunday. So. I'm I'm here I'm here till I keel over, guys. The sun has been coming up for a little over four billion years, and I can't guarantee you it's coming up tomorrow. But I can guarantee you that when you're 80, I'm not going to be sitting here doing the radio show with you. Oh, well, nevertheless, that's beautiful. <laughs> you guys are too much. I'm, I'm going to need a Kleenex over here. <laughs> I know. I, so, we got a box in the right. studio here. What about you, Jaden? So 
I'll tell you, mine is old Risky Randy, Sean. Yeah. And uh, the one that comes to mind is a, a couple that came in, and it turned out that they were they had a about 80% of their money, retirement money, their whole nest egg was invested in oil and gas and other types of limited partnerships um, related to oil and gas. And um, they were, they, they had gotten hit a little bit by the downturn, but, but by the sort of the slowdown in, in oil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what I mean by slowdown is just essentially the, the overproduction now, or, you know, right. that's, and you, you guys, everybody knows the story about what's happened with, you know, bringing the, the oil prices down. Right. This gentleman was caught up where he had, he was depending on his income from these limited partnerships and they, they slowed down and, and one of them even went away for a while. And it's not that he took on any significant losses of capital at that time, but his income stream went way down and it was, it was affecting their lifestyle in retirement. So that, that's a hard one to hear because that's kind of where the risky Randy story goes in, in, in certain instances where, you know, you hit a down cycle and it could be in a commodity. It could be in one stock pick. It, it could be in, in the whole, the whole stock market. There's a lot of ways to get kind of hit by the, the risk, um, bus. And how, how did you help this gentleman to reallocate his, his, uh, investment so to speak. You know, what's sad is that we were only able to help them set up a couple of, of accounts that would be there for them in the in the long run to make sure that they, you know, for the the last 10 years of their lives, last 20 years of their lives, at, at, you know, 15 or so, at the, kind of in that range, mm-hmm. that they would be okay and uh, they wouldn't just flat out run out of money. But we honestly, he, he was so committed to to continuing to try to pursue those higher returns that that he was seeking in order to to make up for the the losses or the the gap that he didn't make a lot of changes in his portfolio that's uh, the story of risky randy so basically all you were able to do was set him up a little safety net just to kind of give him a little bit of security toward the end there but unfortunately he had gone kind of too far down that road of risk and lack of diversification you can put in there as well if he's all invested in just oil and gas that's yeah sometimes you know, when you're investing out of too. out of fear you, that's just a dangerous place to be it sure is well you know what i want guys i want you to Put your money where your mouth is. Bring it, Sean. This is where my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode, and I get to decide how they have to deliver it. Every week, I seal the guidelines for the game in the Sean envelope, and I open it on air so they never know what to expect. And this week, if I stump them, they have to give me a $100 gift card to Walden Books, so I can buy enough overpriced, steamy paperback romance novels to last me, well, at least a couple of weeks. I'll have to get you a time machine to get back there, I think. <laughs> you ready to let her rip? Let's do it. Here we go. All right. This week, sum up today's episode. 
in any number of words, but one of those words, you have to tack on apocalypse to the end of it. Any number of words, but you have to tack apocalypse onto the end of one of them. Here we go. While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together, I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that's your time. What do you got for me? We got a little less than a minute left. So anybody that's been listening to me long enough knows that I'm not the hugest fan of tax deferred. I mean, it has its place, but it's it's going to catch up with you if you don't do what you need to do. So what I would say today is don't be caught unarmed for the tax apocalypse. Great. That's perfect. Dang. That qualifies. That's Jayden, great. What you got? All right, Sean, here it is. Don't get hit by the no plan apocalypse. Perfect. I like it. Got to have a plan or it will be an apocalypse. Well, again, folks, go to noblecapital.com. You can learn more about us or go to noblecapitalradio.com to RSVP for one of our retirement dinners. And that's the Noble Capital Radio Hour for this week. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. And I'm Sean. And remember, life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly-owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured on this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.